guys, it's Mel from the sunny... Nah, who am I kidding? It rains pretty much most of the time here in the UK. Just to let you all guys know that you're listening to Sinister Sightings with Carrie and Donna. Stay spooky! I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 124. Donna's still sick. <laughs> 17 weeks later. It really feels like 17 weeks, too. 17 COVID tests later, negative. Thankfully, thankfully. Something else we're thankful for is Mel H. over in the UK with that accent. Not so sunny. Not so sunny. I love that. But the accent, it's everything. It's everything. What else do you want to say? Because I can be a parrot to it. Well, I literally repeated you saying, talking about the accent. Oh, okay. So really, you were the OG. Well, y'all know the drill. If you want to introduce an episode just like Mel did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. It's one of the benefits that comes with some of the tiers with a Patreon membership. So check out the various tiers and see which one fits your budget if you want to join. Okay, the first one. Who is with you? Hey, Donna and Carrie. My name is Far, and I'm from India. I found you guys through Let's Not Meet, and I've been listening to this podcast since the lockdown period. Sinister Settings is my favorite to listen to when I'm making dinner, as you know, Indian food takes a long time to cook. I was thinking about sending you guys a Sinister Settings of my own about my somewhat haunted question mark family home, but I never got the chance to. I live on my own in Delhi, but I'm back to the same family home right now for a month or so, and something happened last night that has me perplexed. Me and my boyfriend, D usually fall asleep talking to each other. We use WhatsApp because phone calls through our network providers usually get disconnected after 40 to 50 minutes, and that's simply not enough. We're still very much in love to not fall asleep to each other's breathing. I guess we'll never grow out of sappy high school habits after seven years. So anyways, we were on a WhatsApp call last night, and since my earphones were not working, I had to put my phone on speaker next to my pillow and fell asleep around 1230. I wake up this morning to my alarm at 6 with 4 missed calls and 10 messages from D at around 3.15 to 3.25 asking, what is that noise and who is with you? I'm lost as I'm still on a WhatsApp call with him, so I disconnect the call and ring him up again asking what noise he was talking about and then if this was a prank. I still have no explanation about what happened, so the next best thing was to write you guys. So according to D, he had fallen asleep around 1 a.m. and woke up around 3.10 to a loud noise coming from my side. He then said that it sounded like someone was talking to me, like how we tell someone who is sleeping to move or something. He said it sounded like it was two persons talking at once, both female and male. And then I had replied with something unintelligible. And according to him, the conversation was going around for three to four minutes when he called out my name, but I didn't respond. Then he tried calling me, which I didn't pick up. I don't know why, because I usually pick up on the first ring, being a light sleeper. 
He had then proceeded to text me because the conversation stopped after he spoke out, but it sounded like the bed was shaking. It's an old poster bed that makes noises when shaken, and someone was grabbing me while I was incoherently trying to fend myself mumbling something. Then it all went silent by 3.30. I was back to silently breathing over the phone. He asked me if my doors were locked, which they were, and the windows too, because winter, and there was no way someone could have entered the room. Also, I sleep on this floor all by myself, and my room remains locked usually when I'm away. I have no idea what happened last night, and Dee doesn't get scared easily, but the worry in his voice tells me he was scared shitless. I'll send you more stories of this spooky ass house some other day because this email has already been lengthy enough. Love you guys and Will. You're very much appreciated in this corner of the world. Creep it real and don't get scared. Okay, then there was a follow-up email. Hello, ladies. This is a follow-up to my last email as I now somewhat have an inkling of what had happened last night. It sounds absurd and you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's the only conclusion I could come to. So, my house is an old bungalow located in the suburbs, 65 years, give or take. It was built over the remains of an even older house, and my grandma used to say that bones were found when they were digging up the well in my backyard. It's filled up now. This floor is very new when compared to the house. My dad started building it when I left for college, and I started sleeping in this particular room whenever I returned home. Over the last three years, I've felt something and often found my things misplaced or missing. We're talking, I remember keeping my book on the nightstand last night before falling asleep. Why is it not there now? I never paid mind to the missing pens and clips, but who doesn't misplace them? And then continuing to search for it throughout the day and not finding it or finding it on my nightstand when I was unsuspecting. So as a joke, whenever I come to stay in this room... I'd say out loud, I know you're quite comfortable here, but please let me live here for a little while and then the room's all yours. Or please let me stay in this room for a few days. Don't move my things. You know I never stay for long. I used to pretend that my room has a tenant who gives me permission to stay here and I never told anyone about it, but my things eventually stopped missing. I came home three days ago after almost eight months. Also, I remembered this evening that I had not asked them to vacate the room for me to stay a few days. When Dee said that it sounded like someone was trying to make me move over, was it them trying to get me off their bed? Hashtag creep it real and don't get scared. Holy shit. That's definitely what it was. Oh my God. You guys to be being like, hey, hey. Can I stay? <laughs> That's a new take on it. That's like the Airbnb version of, hey, hey, are you okay right? from CPR? <laughs> One thing, that is so sweet y'all are on the phone with each other and stuff. Oh my God, right? Especially after that long. Good God. But seriously, that has to be it. Like, it, Well, it makes sense. And if it's not that, that could be a movie right there. The next one's titled Ghost in the Hallway. Hi, ladies. I have many stories to tell you, even though I'm still convinced that my life is not spiritually active. Here's a lighthearted story about the time I saw a spirit in the hallway at my grandma's house. Some backstory. My grandpa built a home in 1969 that he, my grandma, my mom, and my two uncles would live in until 2019. 
Well, my uncles moved out when they turned 18, and my mom did as well. My grandpa passed away in 1998, so my grandma lived in that house until 2019. My mom and her now ex-husband filed for divorce in the fall of 2018, and my mom moved back into her childhood home with my grandma from January 2019 until May 2019. In April of that year, I came home to visit my mom and grandma for my mom and I's birthday. Hers is April 10th, mine is April 17th, and Carrie's is April the 11th. I was only there for a weekend because I had to go back to work that Monday, but I got to spend some time with them and see my grandma's house for the last time. She sold it and was set to move out in the next two weeks or so. On Sunday morning, my mom and I sat on the couch in the living room while my grandma was in the bathroom with the door closed getting ready for the day. The house is small, so while I sat on the couch sideways facing my mom, I could see the hallway to the bedrooms and the bathroom out of the corner of my left eye. My mom and I chatted, and all of a sudden, I saw my grandmother walk from the bathroom down the hall to her bedroom. That's how my brain registered it until I realized that if my grandma left the bathroom, she would have had to open the door, and the bathroom door is very loud when it opens. I turned my head to look down the hallway and saw that the bathroom door was still closed and the light was leaking out underneath it. In my heart, somehow I knew that it was my grandpa making an appearance. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to freak out my mom or my grandma. This year, when I was visiting my mom in her new house, I told her what I saw that day. She didn't dismiss it, but didn't validate it either. She said that her dad passed away in that house of a heart attack, and a few weeks before they moved, my grandma said that the lights had been flickering, and she would say, that's probably Dawn telling me not to move. Anyway, I just thought I'd write in with this story because for years and years, I'd wonder if my grandpa, my dad, or my great-grandparents would ever make themselves known to me. In the 24 years that I've spent visiting that house, I never felt a presence was there, not even my grandpa. But I believe that what I saw walking down the hall that morning was my grandpa. Thanks for reading and keep up the spooky work. Creep it real, girls. Much love, Aerie. I love the stories about grandparents. I don't know. It's so heartwarming to me. Yeah. And I think that was your final time, probably your mom's final time. You know, like Mm -hmm. all of y'all being together in that house, it was just like a moment that he's probably so used to. Mm -hmm. So that's why he was able to make his presence known to you. And I I don't know. I just think I validate that for sure. Not that you're asking us to do it, but you know what I mean. I was going to say, I'm sure that they're very much like, oh, thank you so much. (laughs) I couldn't have done this without you. Uh huh. The next one is a demon house, some sleep paralysis, Some ruined undies. Hi there, pretty ladies. My name is Nicole, and I'm active on the Facebook page from time to time. I thought I would finally write in my story. I'm sorry in advance for my spelling errors and run-on sentences. Well, that's literally how I talk, so you're good. I'm a hairstylist, not a novelist. This will hopefully be a good one, so snuggle up, get a snack, let's get going. So all my life, I have had an obsession with the paranormal. My mom's a Brit, and my bedtime stories were typically about ghosts and Anne Boleyn, so I was a pretty morbid kid. As I grew up, I turned an obsession into a side gig and joined a local paranormal investigation team. We did a few benign investigations that led to some pretty cool evidence. To be honest, most investigations are boring, 
you sit around most of the time talking to the air, hoping to get some kind of response. And 95% of the time, you don't. So one night, we were about to do an investigation. As we drove up, we knew this investigation was going to be different. My job that night was the historian. I was to write down and record every little thing that happens. Our number one rule as the team was to always be verbal if we hear, see, or feel anything. And we always debunk if need be. So we walk into this house and it feels beyond heavy. The air literally felt thick. Two things we knew. A 15-year-old was being attacked by an all-black entity at night and the older brother played with a Ouija board and blood in his bedroom across the hall. Ew. I said, ooh, not them. We told them we didn't want any more info. We went in blind, and oh my God, were we blind. So we begin the investigation. We have the mom and the stepdad with us. We had barely started. We did our blackout and started doing EVP sessions. All of a sudden, Two letters kept popping in my head. I said, I don't know if this means anything to anyone, but I keep getting the initials blank blank in my head. The mom proceeds to collapse on the ground and explain that this was her abusive ex's initials who had passed. Now, I'm in no way a medium, but it wouldn't stop popping in my brain. Anyway, fast forward a little into the night and we were in the parents' bedroom. We are sitting lights out and we hear just this deep mocking laugh and at the same time, almost ritualistic humming. Mind you, everyone is accounted for in this room. The family is almost in tears. We were all sitting there in utter disbelief. We finally had to leave. It was beyond our realm of expertise. As we were walking out, I got scratched. My back got so hot out of nowhere and super uncomfortable. And sure enough, I had three scratches down my back. I was wearing a jacket, a hoodie, and a t-shirt. There was no way I could have rubbed up against anything. We were out of there so fast. We referred them to a more experienced team. We finally left at approximately 5 a.m. I lived in Frisco, Texas at the time, and this house was in Arlington, Texas. Yep, I did that on purpose. I love how y'all say Texas. Anyway, I was driving back on DNT when I see a figure in my mirror of a tall man sitting in my back seat. I jumped and pulled onto the side of the highway and yelled, You are absolutely not welcome. Leave. And started saying St. Gabriel's Prayer. I felt better, got on the road, and sped back up when all of a sudden I felt a hand jerk my steering wheel. I pulled over again and strongly said, leave. You are not welcome. Now, the investigation was just the start of my issues. What proceeded was over the following months were very traumatic bouts of sleep paralysis. One where I shot straight up and started laughing. My mom came in the room because I couldn't stop. The second one was worse. I woke up to a glowing circle on my wall and I couldn't move. I heard humming, and I knew this wasn't right. I heard a weird, faint chant, and I knew in that moment I had an attachment, and it was bad. 
I was trying to kick out of the paralysis and I felt a shot of electricity, a shot from the top of my head to my toes. My back arched and I could finally move. I was so scared. Typing this out even gave me the goosebumps. That day, I started working on the attachment and worked to get rid of it. To this day, my bedroom at my parents' house feels weird and I sadly left whatever it was there in my old bedroom. For Christmas this year, I'll be staying in my old bedroom, so I'll keep y'all posted on that. I no longer do paranormal investigations, and I do hair. I have a couple more stories, and I went to Waverly Hills over the summer, and that's a whole story for another time. Love you girls. Don't get scared. Or do, because holy shit, that was scary. And you're just going to go back to that fucking room where you know this attachment's just Mm-mm. waiting on you? Hell no. Mm-mm. Get a fucking hotel. Spring for a fucking Red Roof Inn. Oh my gosh. Something. No, it's there and it's waiting and it's hungry. Don't yeah, do there's it. fucking like Airbnbs and shit. Meanwhile, this person's already like been Done there. <laughs> well, hopefully you have a follow-up for us. And yes, we need all the deets about Waverly Hills. Oh my goodness. That's so scary. I'm telling you, I'm scared of car ghosts anyway. Someone being in my backseat, real or alive. I was going to say, I'm scared of the real people in my backseat. I'm scared of both because I'm in a moving vehicle and... This motherfucker jerked her wheel. I know. I thought you were going to tell him one time there was a lizard on me because I told Carrie, don't... Don't you have to get my mail out of this mailbox because there's always like lizards and stuff. You can't tell Carrie anything. So she got that mail. Well, that lizard was brown because the package was brown. Like the thing was brown. It was on my chest and I like, blah. She yeeted that bitch all over I, that fucking car. I sure did. And then I thought it was coming, like, I thought it was by me and Carrie had slowed down, but not to a complete stop. But I yeeted myself out that car. <laughs> rolling. That shit was still rolling. <laughs> I was like, gotta go by. Oh, gosh. And then finally, it was in the back. And then Carrie got to Dollar General. I mean, would this be a Southern story without Dollar General mentioned? And <laughs> Carrie asked this unsuspecting person. Um, ma'am, are you scared of lizards? <laughs> she said, no. I said, can you get one out of my car? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a true story and that lady did <laughs> we're not gonna Ted Bundy you or anything <laughs> the last thing I know she asked me if I was scared of lizards <laughs> oh god <laughs> I mean, she wasn't wearing a cast or anything. <laughs> There's this one girl that's huffing and puffing over there being very scared, though. She made me nervous. <laughs> she said she jumped out of the car when it was still moving. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whew. All right. Hey, ladies and Will. I have kicked around sharing this a couple of times, and then I decided I just had to share because I was listening to Sinister Sightings episode 86, and Carrie said that she believed that spirits pass when you lose someone while you're pregnant. Here's my story about that exact thing. When I went into labor with my daughter, I called all of my family on the way to the hospital. 
I went into labor three weeks early, so no one was expecting my call. I called my grandparents' house, and my grandpa Charlie answered. He never answered the phone when I called, and he told me that he would tell my grandma when she got home that I was going to the hospital. He then told me that he was so proud of me and how much he loved me. We got to the hospital, and everything went so well. My daughter finally made her appearance. The next day, my mom came into the room with my brother and sister. Then she told us that Grandpa Charlie had passed while I was in labor, and my whole family kept it a secret until she could tell us so I could enjoy the arrival of my little nugget. A few weeks later, my daughter's hair was finally growing in some, and it was red. My grandpa's hair was red too, but since he was technically my step-grandpa, I knew that this was his way of letting me know that he got to meet her first. When my little SG was three, she was talking to him in the backseat of the car once, which was crazy since she never physically met him. Thank you both for being such a bright spot through all of this shit year that 2020 has been. My husband and I have listened to y'all while we remodel rooms, and it feels like I'm hanging out with friends. With love from Alaska, Jess. Jess, I'm impressed that you can get your husband to listen. I know. A guy likes us. I've never had that in my life. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Whoa. That, That makes sense. Like, that's his little way of, you know, like, he kissed her on her hair, you know? Yeah, that's so special. I'm telling you, souls really do pass like that. They have to. Well, if your grandma and Allie passed, your grandma was entertained, honey. Just the truth. That's why she's so damn sassy. Oh, my goodness. Because she's grandma. <laughs> well, that was such a sweet story. Thank you. And Alaska. Next one's called Amazon Crossbow. Hey, ladies. Hope you had a great holiday. Not sure when you're going to read this one, so I won't name any specific holidays. <laughs> That's genius. I mean, that's, uh, you should go into marketing. Yeah. What's that word? Not what I need to do. (laughs) I should go into Mad Libs. That's what I should go into. (laughs) You should go into blank. Adjective. Noun. Verb. (laughs) Pronoun. Preposition. Nope. End of the sentence. Thank you. See, I'm in a mood today and her and Colby are pushing all of my fucking buttons. Okay. I sent in a paranormal story last time, still waiting to hear it, but now I'm sitting in a true crime story. But thankfully, it doesn't end in death. This happened in 2018, around the middle of November. I was coming home from work late that Wednesday evening, and it was Diwali. So I go inside the house, go downstairs, and hang out with my mom. Around 8.30, I hear what sounds like gunshots in the backyard. I'm like, what the fuck? My mom's like, oh, it's Diwali. It's probably just fireworks. So she proceeds to go upstairs and let our dog Daisy out in the backyard. Well, 10 minutes passes and she still hasn't come back down. I call out to her, but she doesn't answer. I'm freaking the fuck out because I heard more gunshots. So I ran upstairs, didn't see her in the backyard. So I opened the garage and there's my mom standing with the door open and I see red and blue lights flashing. So immediately, I'm freaking out. I see SWAT cars and guys walking up and down the streets in full gear and dogs. There was an ambulance, and my mom says she saw them put our neighbor inside. The police couldn't disclose what happened, but they said that someone had gone to the door of our neighbor, 
dressed like an Amazon delivery guy. And when the neighbor opened the door, he shot her with a fucking crossbow. The son of a bitch had put the hunting crossbow in an Amazon box with a hole for his hand and shot her. Then ran off and jumped in a dark pickup truck and drove off. For weeks and months, we had no idea what happened to her other than the bow went right through her and stuck in the wall behind her. She had enough strength to walk upstairs and call 911 before she passed out. But we still had no idea who it could have been that did that. We had suspicions it was her ex-husband, but that he hired someone to do it to her because they had gotten a divorce and she moved and didn't tell anyone where she was going in fear of him finding her. We thought that maybe he followed her home one day and planned all this out. Almost two years later, we found out on the news that it, in fact, was her ex-husband that hired someone to kill her, and he was arrested on August 12th. The murder to hire, not the ex-husband. Thanks for listening to this long-ass email. Love you guys and listen to you every morning on my commute to work. Ashley from Ontario, Canada. Holy shit. Well, points for creativity, I guess. What the fuck? That is intense. Like camping. Every fucking time now, Carrie. I hate you. How scary is that, though? And why was the husband not fucking arrested? I don't know. I would have been your mama, too. Looking, watching, everything. Okay, I looked at the article that they sent, and the ex-husband was charged. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. This next one is titled, Onyx Knew Something Was Off. Hey ladies, it's Mercedes. I have a story that I didn't experience myself, but that my ex-boyfriend told me about the next day. We can call him James for his privacy. I feel like the way I have to tell you the story doesn't make sense, so please bear with me, I guess. My cat Onyx and I had just woken up. For those wondering, no, it's not after the Pokemon, but the stone. I get asked that all the time. I totally assumed the stone. I didn't even know there was a Pokemon. Well, we we would get that from you. Did you know? If, if you knew that there was a Pokemon named Onyx, I would I would flip out. Let's name all the Pokemons I know. Pikachu? Uh-huh. If you didn't know Pikachu. Uh, uh, the name left me. Squibble? Okay. That's really one? No. Oh. <laughs> Squirtle. <laughs> You I'm were done. close. So I was, I was very close. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. And something with an egg. You throw it. That's Chansey, and that's who I am. Okay. Okay, back to Onyx and Mercedes waking up from their slumber. I carried her to the living room, and James was sitting on the couch. As I walked into the living room and saw James, Onyx hissed and jumped from my arms. She ran back into the bedroom and under the bed. She rarely ever hisses unless there's another animal around or somebody just won't stop messing with her. I said to James, I wonder what her deal is. He looked spooked and said he had a weird dream that night. He told me in his dream he had woken up and was really thirsty He got up and started walking down the hallway toward the kitchen. He got halfway down the hall and heard Onyx growling behind him. He turned to see her in the door of the bedroom, standing like a Halloween cat, and staring straight at him, growling and hissing. As he started walking back towards Onyx, saying, What's wrong, baby? 
He saw me and himself laying in the bed. He panicked and then woke up for real. He looked around and Onyx wasn't in her normal spot, which is curled up on my uh-huh, coochie area. Your pussy was on your uh-huh. pussy? Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, that is her spot. But he thought maybe she just had to use the litter box or something. So he went back to sleep. Turns out she didn't want to be near him. James said as he sat on the couch, she ran from behind the entertainment center back to the bedroom to me. I'm not sure if he astral projected and Onyx caught him, question mark, or what exactly happened. But she did not want anything to do with him for a week after that. I hope you liked my story and I plan to send in more. Love you ladies and creep it real, Mercedes. Has he ever astral projected before? I don't know, but oh my God, the idea of like seeing yourself in bed when you are yourself. Mm-mm. Nope. And then it's creepy enough that like it was bad enough that the cat was like, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know which one he is. Yeah, which one is the real you? Can the real James please stand up? Please stand up. <laughs> Why did the cat go through puberty? That's what I want to know. The cat was channeling his inner Eminem. Okay. That's where that was going. Eminem had puberty issues. Wow, what did I do? Did I crack? <laughs> you said, well, the real James please stand up. Please stand well, up. he was just giving but- a little vibrato. <laughs> Well, the real James. You don't understand music. This one is called Only the Eyelids Are Watching. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want anything to do with this story already. Greetings and salutations, Donna, Carrie, Fur Babies, and Will. I love it when y'all say hey to Will, too. I truly appreciate all that you do making this amazing podcast. I can't remember how long I've been here, but I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Okay, okay. I've learned my lesson. I'm long-winded as hell. So since I'm literally the one who sends long emails, I'm only including one creepy-ass long story this time. For my fellow creepsters making timestamp notes, I'm sending this Early December, despite having typed it way sooner than that. This is very vivid in my memory. Fair warning, though. This goes from 0 to 100 real fucking quick. On the off chance that one of the subjects in this sighting is a listener, please keep me anonymous. We haven't spoken in many moons, but I'd still like to respect this time in her life, so just call me Louise. This story takes place my freshman year of college. I decided to live with my two best friends from high school. One, let's call her Tammy. I had only known her for about a year. Boy, was she spunky. And the other one, we'll call her Tina, had been my BFF since sixth grade. Tammy was a bit odd. As an empath, I had found myself in friendships with people who were leeching on my energy. They are toxic and borderline demonic. Tammy is a great example of this. She did so many things for the sake of attention and allowed herself to be open to whatever the fuck wanted to take control of her body and even went as far as using, oh, that wasn't me, I was possessed, as a casual excuse for doing downright dumbass shit, 
like letting her roommate's dog get hit by a car, prank calling my dad long distance to say she tried to kill herself by eating a whole bottle of Advil and that I needed to come get her quick. I was on my way to Alabama for that skank when she called me and was all pissed off because I wasn't back home to pick her up from the same school trip where she allegedly tried to eat a bottle of Advil. She shrugged the whole thing off and was like, that wasn't me. I was possessed. Tina, however, was an angel. She was, and I mean this with no sarcasm whatsoever, bathed in the holy light 24-7. You know those good-hearted, down-to-earth, good Christian girls? They were like a little grandmother in a young body. Giggle when you said, ah, shit, but say, now, now, that's not a good word. We're freshmen in college, and she says her prayers every night before bed, wrote in her journal, and looked like she smelled like cotton candy incense circa 1998. That was Tina. Everyone loved her, and she was motherly and smart and organized. Tammy, as we established, the exact opposite. And here I am, chaotic, neutral, right in the middle. My mom and dad thought it was a joke when I told them I was going to live with both girls, but helped us all move in anyway. So our dorms were, to put it lightly, a little fuckered. The building was pretty much a concrete silo. Yes, you heard correctly. It was curved. So I'm apologizing ahead of time for this description. Elevator in the middle with winding stairs around the interior support. We lived on the 10th floor with a good view of the campus parking lot. So picture it. If you get off the elevator and see the curved walls and you're like, what the fuck? Am I on a clock? So think of a paper towel roll inside of a Pringles can and the space between the outside of the roll and the inside of the can is the living quarters. You open the door to our room and walk into our common area. It's a fucking pizza slice, okay? Whoever thought a curved-ass building was a good idea was high as fuck back in the 1950s-something when it was built. So, we'll call the back wall the crust. The crust had one big window with the desks mounted to the wall that separated the common area from the bedroom area. There was about three feet from the door to the start of the desk wall, and if you look to the right, that was the hallway, which, as you can imagine, was also curved. Now, you're parallel with the crust about 10 feet away from it. You're facing the only flat wall in the dorm, which has a full-length mirror on it. To your right is a door that houses the toilet. Remember this. Directly opposite the long, full mirror and trough-style sink are a total of four open, locker-style, built-in wardrobes, which are closets. Those closets are separated in the middle by openings covered with a blackout curtain. Moving now through the opening, you push aside the blackout curtain and behold, feast thine eyes upon our janked up fucking geometry ass bedroom with round walls and square furniture. Immediately to the right are two beds bunked, pushed as good against the curvaceous walls as can be. I'm on the bottom. Tammy's on the top. We have a nightstand on wheels beside the bunks. Remember this. On the left side of the room are two beds unbunked, each claiming a corner. Tina is in the corner against the crust with her head to the wall and her feet in the direction of her bunk. Remember this. Damn, that was a doozy to type out. That was a doozy to read, too. Do you understand that? I get. I mean, like I get it, but I ain't going to remember that. So picture it. 
little old college me and my two besties all settled into freshman year. Life is great. We are anti-sorority girls on our own. La, 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 la. Wrong. Life is not great. I've never been away from my home this long, never been this anxious and antisocial. I've never been cooped up with these two bitches for this long consecutively. Tension is mounting and stress is at an all-time high. Tina is studious and oblivious, while Tammy has already shown her tits to upperclassmen and stockpiled vodka and regularly does things to spite Tina. It's a cesspool of emotions and your girl cannot. I didn't sleep well and barely ate. Losing sleep and pounds is not the college life I was told about. I hate the energy of the dorm. No chill, not good vibes. So one night, about three months into the semester, I'm fast asleep and I wake up because I gotta pee. Because of the poltergeist-like vibes of our pizza palace, I hated being anywhere in that dorm without lights. I prepared myself and summoned my bravery, still under the covers. I scoot the nightstand over and make a mad dash to the curtain that separated the light from the insanity. I take my tinkle and finish up and come out of the bathroom. I felt a presence, like I wasn't alone. I get chills just typing this because I can remember that looming feeling of doom that was just waiting on the other side of the curtain. It's like you know someone is following you, but they're just out of sight. I'm a bit hesitant to work up the nerve to just have a peek. Slow, horror movie style, I reach one hand up to the side about face level and I'm slow and quiet thinking surely to God whatever is over there won't hear me. As I lean my face towards the opening, I see in the glow of our various alarm clocks a figure standing at the foot of Tina's bed. It's tall and lumpy, but it's kind of slender. It's wearing normal clothes though, jeans and a hoodie. Its hands are behind its back, palms open, laying one over the other, with its thumbs interlocked, and its posture is perfect, except its neck is craning down like a buzzard stalking its prey from a tree branch. Its legs are together, but the feet, oh god, I'm seriously shaking writing this because it's so goddamn freaky. Its feet were a perfect 90 degree angle, heels together, and wearing fucking flip-flops. And then it looks at me. It turns its head slowly and perfectly in my direction, neck still buzzard craning. I recognize its face. Y'all, my heart rate. Now it's higher than the price of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. The face is pale and the eyelids are closed, but it can fucking see me. It gets this sinister ass grin that spreads from ear to ear. Looked so inhuman, but I can see that it's wearing glasses and its hair is neatly pulled back into a low bun. I let go of the curtain and jump back into safety of the hallway. I count to 10 and use my foot to scoop the nightstand out of the way so I can just shoot back into bed. It pays no fucking attention to me whatsoever and continues to stalk over its prey. Girl, when I say I yum back into bed, I fucking skirt. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. As I am as covered as I can be in my dorm bed, I'm trying to control my breathing. The room is literally hot as hell, but I'd rather sweat to death than breathe outside my blankets. I'm running through the scenario in my head, trying to piece together what I just saw. It was Tammy, fully clothed and ready to go. Homegirl even had her student ID lanyard on her neck, ready to go. Here's... Where this whole thing has me fucked up. 
Tammy usually slept butt-ass naked. It always took her forever to get dressed. And the girl was a fucking hurricane. Clumsy and could never do anything quietly. All of her clothes were outside of the bedroom, in her closet. I suppose it's possible she had some stash in her bed, but it took me all of two minutes to go to the bathroom and pee. It's not enough time for her to get fully clothed and ready to stalk our roommate. Did I lose time in the bathroom? How long was she standing there? When did she come back to bed? I guess I must have suffocated myself back to sleep, and I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but I did not feel her get back in bed. The next morning, Tina and I had breakfast in the common area together. It was just us, so she tells me that she didn't sleep well. For obvious reasons, I want to know why, and she says that she never experienced sleep paralysis before, but last night, she kept sweating and she couldn't move and felt a demon standing on her chest. She made some comment about how it's weird to wake up and hear your inner monologue is already mid-prayer. I fucking cried, y'all. The only thing I could say was, well, it had an audience. She said, what? In an unusual, deep, and concerned voice. And I remember her eyes got really big. I told her what happened, and after hearing me out, she said in her sweet little normal young grandma voice, well, that settles it. Tammy's a demon. You better start praying. And we did. I prayed. My dad prayed. I moved out. I decided I could be more neutral if my life energy wasn't constantly drained. I researched prayers, spells, rituals, and even went down a rabbit hole of exorcisms. I was searching for anything to free Tammy from negativity that consumed her, but she never consented to any help I offered. Things were always not right around her, and she stayed cold, always negative and constantly complaining. I've had a lot of experiences in her family's restored historic farmhouse. I'll send those in at a later date. Tammy continued to plague her roommates on and off campus. We remained close, but just after college, when I finally learned how to cut toxic people out of my life, she was the first to go. And my life got so much better, so quickly. Tina and I are still close, and we live very different lives, but a friendship as old as ours, we can pick up right where we left off no matter how much time has passed. Thanks for reading, ladies, and thanks for the edits, Will. Y'all are really the fucking best. Creep it real, and don't room with demons. Hell Mm-mm. fucking no. no. She's just standing there looking at you with her eyes closed. With the hand, like. Over the palm. I saw you practice it and what she was doing. Yes, because that was so creepy to have it behind your back and interlocked like that. Like, just. Yeah. You know, like, that is, oh, that's sinister. Like, that's, like, you're up to no good if you're standing like that anyway. Oh. Also, don't know if Carrie is a demon or not, but everything else, Tammy, about the clumsiness, (laughs) yes. Uh, She's like a tornado, Yes. Rooming with that girl. Especially in the dorm room when it's like the size oh my God, of a, it was a shoebox. Yours yeah. was a pizza. Ours was a shoebox. Yeah, literally. Oh, my God. I, the dutiful housewife picking up everything. Carrie come in from work. How the fuck did two shoes get over here? What You didn't even <laughs> wear these shoes. Where did these come from? <laughs> but it was all forgiven because she gave us a good, good pizza. Oh, goodness. Speaking of pizza... That's so funny. Your dorm was made of pizza. I worked in pizza. Oh, God. And we were made of pizza. Let me tell you. Which is why we're extra large pizzas now. <laughs> Just kidding. We were then, too. We were then. Oh, my gosh. We were a little more 
large pizzas. Nah, extra large. Yeah, I was always extra large. Yeah, extra large, and now we're like extra, extra large. <laughs> I'm just thick crust. Stuffed crust, too. The fact that you realized it, and then poor Tina, she's like, I didn't sleep well. But like, um, well, you see, uh, I know why. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, poor Tina was like, what the what? Oh, gosh. I'm glad you got out of that, though. Also, I love how you write. So funny. And I love that Carrie gets yours because she reads them so well. (laughs) Tell that to Will. Will's like, no, she didn't. (laughs) Yes, you do. All right. The last one. This one's titled The Movie Nine. Hello. This is my first time writing in. By the way, I love you gals and the podcast. Okay. So I love paranormal shit, but I'm such a scaredy cat. My story is short, but creepy. I was getting my four-year-old son ready for bed in his room. Lights were still on. In my son's room, his TV was on a corner shelf, and so was his DVD player. I had a movie titled Nine, like the number, Nine, sitting on top of the DVD player. My mom had just bought it for him a few days prior at a thrift store or garage sale, pre-COVID, and I had my back turned, and that movie had fallen to the floor. Okay, weird, but whatever, I thought. So I picked it up and put it back on the shelf, making sure to push it back far enough that it wouldn't fall again. So I go back to tucking him in, and boom, I hear it fly off the shelf and fall to the floor. Okay, bitch, what? I know I pushed that movie back in place, it wouldn't have fallen to the ground. If it fell off the shelf, it would have hit into the dresser below it. So I was like, okay, this is something throwing this movie off the shelf. And guess what? It happened again. I was so scared that I got one of my dogs to come sleep in there with my son for the night. I even remember smelling a dank-ass fart smell. (laughs) You know, the rotten egg kind? Mm Mm-hmm. I sat in the room with him until he fell asleep, and I left the dog in there as well. I remember feeling just uneasy and watched, also like the air was thick. Damn, a few days passed, and I realized that the number nine upside down is a six, and that it fell three times. Bruh, I was so worried for my family's safety at that point. Mind you, I had grown up in this house and have never had anything remotely like that happen. After that night, I got rid of that movie and never had anything sinister happen again. XOXO Juanita. See, that's the kind of shit that my mind does. It's like, oh my gosh, upside down, it's a six. It fell three times. Oh my God, like I will make myself more scared than what the thing was or but who knows what it could have been you know but oh gosh i don't even know what that movie's about though i know i never heard of it is that that movie with jim carrey and it was about numbers god i don't know sorry i'm see now i'm like wait is that the movie about that because that would make even more sense i like conspiracies that is scary though but it was a good sign though that your dog would stay in there it says that um, number nine symbolizes divine completeness. Mm-hmm. That's why six 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 is a thing because it's mocking. Oh yeah, that's what the I knew nine. That. I knew that. Totally. totally. Duh. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. Keep them coming. You know we love them. And like the other listener said to give you an idea they sent theirs in in december so that way you kind of know where we're at so keep them coming thank you thank you thank you for sending them 
If you want to send them in and you don't know how, send them to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. If you have an intro and you haven't sent it in, this is your, what is it, call to action? Send it in. Alert, alert. Send in your intro. Also, hopefully next week, I'm not sick. From your lips to God's ears. Nah, nah, nah. I'm dying. (laughs) Don't say that. So, like Donna said, send in your intros, send in your stories, and remember. Creep it real. And don't don't get get scared. scared.